You're listening to Coach is the Other C Word. Join us for a deep dive into the fierce world of female athletics and the even more fierce women leading the charge. Here's your host, Shaylin Johnson. Hello to all my lovely leading ladies. This is Shaylin Johnson, and I am your host of Coach is the Other C Word. Today for episode two, I have a very, very special guest, a lady that I grew up playing with, playing against, um, and she is one of the most fantastic softball players I think I've ever played with. She coaches one of the best teams in Division II in the country. Her name is Kylie Payne, and I'm so excited to have her on. Um, I'm not going to do too much talking today. We're going to talk about leadership. We're going to talk about being a young coach. We're going to talk about how do we influence the experience of our student athletes and it's going to be an awesome episode. I'm too excited. But first, I want to give the floor to Kylie to go ahead and introduce herself. Let them know where you've been. Let, let them know what you've done and how you got to where you're at today. What's up, y'all? I am Kylie Payne. And I just want to say thank you again for Shailen for having me. It's already been an amazing experience. But a little bit of background about me. Um, grew up playing baseball, then finally went in, started playing softball at like the age of, I don't know, probably like 10. Um, but I didn't start getting serious about softball until like maybe my sophomore year of high school. Um, so I, I was actually blessed to play under Laura Harms, who played professional softball. Um, Jenny Finch was actually her teammate. So uh, my junior year, we had a really, really good year. We were 35 and 0. I'll never forget that. I'm sure no one in my hometown will forget that because we would not stop talking about it. But <laughs> we were 35 and 0. We were state champs. And um, then I went on to play at KCC. Uh, stayed at home for two years. Um, I was blessed again. I played under Hall of Fame coach Dennis Clark. Um, I learned a lot from him, then went on and played at Purdue Northwest. Again, I was blessed. Um, I played under Richie Richardson, who is another Hall of Fame coach. Um, and then I went on and I decided that I wanted to um, continue coaching um, and doing all of that. So I went to Wheeling Jesuit University in West Virginia, and I coached there for a year. Then I got a call to um, come coach at Lincoln Memorial uh, from Travis Hill. So that's just how I got to where I am. But I collected some accolades along the way, right? So my what my freshman year at KCC with Coach Clark, we won the NJCAA D2 National Championship. Um, which he's never done before. So I was happy that I was able uh, that I was on that team and we were able to accomplish that for him. And then um, my sophomore year, my junior college year, I was the NJCAA All American. Um, went on to my junior year out of four year PNW. Uh, I was first team, um, like all conference team. Then my senior year is probably my best year. Um, I had the best teammates. Right, Shailen? Um, That's right. So, <laughs> um, yeah, senior year was a great year for me um, all around. Um, I was uh, the Glee player of the year. Uh, I all re made all-region team, first-team all-region team, and then um, third-team All-American. So that was just uh, major accomplishments within itself, and it really, really helped me to be where I am today. So. I had to let Kylie brag a little bit on herself because the career she's had has been insane. I got to play against Kylie um, <laughs> when we were both at a junior college. I went to Danville Area Community College and she went to Kankakee and that just happened to be 
quite the matchup. We definitely got um, murdered, but, and then we got to, you know, team up at PNW and I've been able to watch her career grow. So I just had to let you guys hear what the heck she's done because her credibility is through the roof. Um, and then Kylie, you talked about how you are now coaching at Lincoln Memorial and you're actually coaching underneath Richie. So you got to play for him at PNW and now you're coaching with him. And we had quite the discussion. Uh, I think it was earlier this week about the way that you guys yeah. run your program. And I know no, we're going to talk about leadership here. And there's that traditional idea of, you know, I'm the coach should do what I say, kind of iron fist mentality that a lot of coaches kind of still have. And I think after listening to you talk about the way that you run this, it is so eye-opening to me how successful you can be while putting the players first. So go ahead and, and, and talk and tell, you know, all the listeners, you know, what's your guys' coaching philosophy as a staff? Um, one thing that we always ask ourselves uh, before we make any decision is how does this decision affect the morale of my team, the morale of my coaching staff, and the, like myself. Um, so that's one thing that we always ask, even something simple as what are we going to eat for dinner tonight? Um, we always go back to, you know, we want this to be the, the this girl's like, this, this is their experience. And we wanted to make it the best. Um, Coach Ricky went to school here, so he had a good time. He loves to share his stories about how, you know, he made his memories here and he made them. Um, but he wants that for the girls too. And he preaches about that all the time. So with him just opening that up for the girls, it creates a, a comfortable environment. And um, we always preach, you know, like, we're no better than them, you know, just because we sit in these chairs every day in the office, we're people, um, they're people, they know they can come in here in this office and they can talk about, you know, my Jeep's not working, you know, I need your help, you know, just, just little things like that. And, um, you know, I'm not better than them just because I'm their coach. We're people, we're equal. So I got to treat them that way. I know that's how I want to be treated. So that's, that's something as a coaching staff that we um, make pretty visible and, we want, we want our girls to have a great experience and just be comfortable wherever they're at. So. You know, I feel like there's always coaches that talk about being like that, making it about the girls. It's the girls' experience. And then you kind of run into coaches that don't do that. And I think to the yeah. outside eye or, or to even to that coach that's not super um, involved in being that or, or implementing that in their philosophy, it can be too hard. Or mm -hmm. you feel like you have to – if you're going to put the players first, how do you put the players first without sacrificing success? And you guys are the true testament to not doing that. You guys are absolutely doing that with your philosophy, the way that you run it and being one of the most successful teams in the country um, for the yeah. last, was it two or three years? You guys have been consistently ranked and yeah. that's how you run it. It's, it's kind of amazing to the people that do coach traditionally and they think they have to be super hard nosed and, and very discipline oriented and everything right. has to be, you know, to the T, but it right. doesn't have to be that way to be successful. So, you know, kind of share yeah. that, kind of share some of the ways that you guys are implementing players first um, in order, I guess I should say players experience first um, and how it does directly contribute to how successful you guys are. Um, I know a lot. We talk about like, we, we don't want to build a culture of fear and, I, I want my girls to be able to call me if something is wrong without thinking that they're automatically going to get in trouble. Right. So if something happened, you know, I mean, let's, let's be real. It's college, right. We know what happens on the weekends. Um, but if I get a call and they, you know, we get a complaint that they're being too loud or something, I want to hear from them first, but in order for them to call me, like they need to know that they're not going to be in trouble. 
So with this program, like there are no punishments this program. Um, if our girls make that. a mistake. I love that. Yeah, I, I love it too. I would love if I was an athlete. That's why I love playing <laughs> yes. for Reggie. I, I just love the how fun I can be with him. And that's one thing I would like, I'm going to take with me wherever I go. But if my girls are struggling, you know, they're not fielding a ground ball or, you know, they're not hitting the ball how they should be. I don't want them to be scared that they're going to be running after that, you know, that they have to run sprints or anything like that. So one way they're going to get better is if we continue to give them more reps. Why am I going to run you to death, you know, and make you scared? And then you come back and you're probably going to bobble that ball again. In order to get better, you have to take more reps, you know? So that's another thing. But that, again, just comes with, comes with, you know, just being comfortable, creating that environment for the girls. Um, they know they can just come and be themselves and they can talk to us as they would, you know, like to anyone. But with some respect, you know, obviously they do. But right. that, that just builds over time. Yeah. And, you know, you just said that they're, you know, they can be themselves and be comfortable and say what they want. Um, obviously, within reason, right? You guys are still coaches. Right, so when absolutely. we're young, like this mid-20s, and we're coaching girls that are only four years younger than us, some of us, that line between being the young, fun coach and being their friend or being a respected coach is kind of blurry sometimes, and it's kind of hard. Mm. Um, and I know that me as a young coach when I was at the junior college, I did struggle with that because you want the girls to like you. You're close in age, closer in age to them than you are your head coach. So it's like, um, but I know Richie's a lot of fun, so you probably hang out with him quite a bit. <laughs> but so kind of talk to me about that like you are on a big stage and you're a young coach and you're trying to find your way um in a town that you didn't grow up in you don't I mean I know you guys have friends but these are your girls like these are the people you see the most so tell me kind of like My your experience being the young coach and even if you have some takeaways for you the young coaches listening on how to deal with that line so of course I'm sure everyone's answer is going to be you have to make you have to build these boundaries you have to set these standards and which I totally agree with you know I totally agree with that you do but at the end of the day like I talk to them like they're people you know like I don't I'm not going to be the one to talk down on them um ever and it's just how I talk to them you know I simply whenever I talk to them the first thing I say is how was your day how was your test today um you know if their car broke down you know like how are you getting that fixed you know just something, just something simple. Um, I don't just talk about softball right away. I, I truly care about them as people. And once they see that, they know, like, they're going to buy in. They, like, once they see that that person, my coach, truly cares about me as a person, they're going to buy in. It's easy to respect someone who respects you, right? So um, that's one thing that you just got to, you just got to implement right away. Um, and then trust, too. Like, when I say something, I'm going to do it. I'm going to be there. Um, and I'm going to be there on time. Just little things like that that you can do um, to build respect from the girls who are a little bit younger than you. Um, but otherwise, um, all that just comes. Like, that just builds over time. Trust builds over time. And you just – they just really have to trust you. Um, but like I said, um, I don't know. I just try to be their spark. So I, I try to put myself in their position. So when I was – I was playing, like, what, just a couple of years ago. Um, I, it's still fresh in my mind. So like I said, I like to put myself in their shoes when they come to practice. And I know what it's like to have a hard day, you know, to, you could just been broken up with an hour before practice, right? And you're having a terrible day. And I want to be that person who like just makes them smile, who wants them, who brings them back on track, right? I, I, when they come to practice, I want them to give 100%. But at the same time, like, 
I want to make sure that their head is there. So in order for me to do that, I, I got to just make sure, how are you doing? You know, what can we do to put this aside right now? You know, I think that stuff truly does matter and it, it does affect their performance. So I don't know. I just want to be their spark. Um, I want to be their motivator. And that's one thing that just keeps bringing me back to the sport. When I see them smile, I know I did my job. When I see them, you know, perform to their, their abilities, then I know I did my job again. So that's just my passion and everything that brings me back to this game. You have no idea how much I love hearing that because, you know, we kind of ask, and I'll probably make an episode about this eventually, but we ask people when we do trainings with them, and I'm going to ask you this. I know we didn't talk about this, but I want to hear your, your response. When it comes to being successful, and, and, and in your case, when it comes to being successful at Lincoln Memorial University, what's more important, people or processes? Okay, so it's actually funny. Um, our um, team motto, I guess, um, what we say all the time is people, process, product. That's literally what we say. We have it on our shirt. That's oh, what wow. we say. So um, people first, right? People first, you gotta, you gotta bring in good people. You have to bring in good people all around, you know? And that just not, that doesn't mean ath like athletes, right? This means um, good, good sense of character, um, just um, who you are in the classroom and just all around good people. And then the process comes along with the good people. Um, and that means like practices and so forth. Um, and then the product is just the result at the end. So. That's one thing that we always preach about. So I'm going to say people first and then pro and then process and then product. So I absolutely agree. I think people are just everything. And to kind of tie in profile with this is like understanding your people as much as you possibly can is mm -hmm. such an under underrated really skill absolutely. in terms of coaching and in terms of team building because we can coach however we want and that's right. fine and dandy. And sometimes we'll be successful and sometimes we won't. But at the end of the day, the people are the most important thing you have. You have no people, you have no team. Right. And so for us to take the time and for, you know, the staff at Lincoln Memorial and all the other staffs that are like this to take the time and value the people that they are around and love the people that are around, you can only imagine how effective that is. When, when girls want to be there, when athletes want to be there, the product right. is astronomically different versus, yeah, I agree. you know, girls and, and all athletes, I'll even throw, you know, guys and, and men in here, you know, they are getting so physically talented. People that can play the game are, are we're, there's no shortage of it. They are physically getting better all the time. But what's the difference between the successful teams and the non-successful teams? How are we going to grow even further when we're already there physically? And it's literally the mentality side. It's mm -hmm. the girls having a good experience. It's the leadership being developed. And on top of it, it is them wanting to be there at the very least. And so when I talk about how we do those things, how do we get the players to want to be here? Mm -hmm. It all starts with a conversation. And that's and Kylie, that's literally what you do. You opening up that, that conversation for them to be comfortable. Hey, how are you doing? Hey, mm -hmm. how's your day? What's up? How can I help you? Like that right there, it seems so small to do. It's one sentence that you say, maybe at the beginning yeah. of practice. Right. And the impact that it has over the whole season or even a lifetime, right? I talked about the mosaic of, of us and the way mm -hmm. that the coaches and the people that we interact with impact our day and they create who we are. And right. I can think back to coaches and people that I've worked with and people that I've played with 
that don't open up that conversation that I don't feel comfortable with. And I think something like that, that mindset is completely missing. And I think it's overlooked because it doesn't directly correlate to wins, right? It does. It's indirectly correlating to wins, but we don't see the immediate impact, but you have no idea how much that could matter to a player by just asking them how they're doing, you know, that's just something they're going to remember for the rest of their life. You know, like mm -hmm. they're not going to remember, you know, I mean, okay. Of course the players are going to remember the bad things you say about like their swing or something, but at the end of the day, they're going to remember that you asked them how they are. Um, I, I, my players wrote me a lot of letters at the end of the year. And a lot of them were saying like, thank you for, you know, bringing my passion back for this game. And thank you for asking me, you know, how I was doing. Thank you for helping me with my, my grades, my classes. And that's the thing that they're going to truly remember that, that, that they are going to bring with them for the rest of their lives. And I'm glad I was able to touch their hearts and um, that I was able to share these last two years with them. So um, yeah, I don't know. I was just ranting off that, but yeah, you're right. That's true. No, that's, isn't that literally what it's all about? You have it literally is. the both. You have what everyone wants in terms of that relationship with your girls, and also success to back it up, right? Like right. I feel good. I you know I love my girls, whatever the case may be. But you know this is the success wasn't there. I like it could have been, right. and you have both, and it's you know it's amazing. And it's, Kylie, you're yeah. one of the best leaders I know. Um, I'm going to, you know what, I'll throw Zoe Anderson in there too. Cause you know, yeah, <laughs> our girls are Anderson and to the two best leaders that I know from playing with them and to see you translate that so positively onto the other side of the lines and being a coach, you know, I guess we can kind of end this with, I want to kind of a takeaway for, for our listeners in terms of, of leadership. And if there's any advice or anything that you can think of that has shaped you and your philosophy and your success as a coach that's going to drive you when you become a head coach um kind of just share that um the first thing that I will say is familiarity uh breeds confidence so whatever you do stay consistent with it um that's one way that people are going to respect you as a person as a coach and um, I know that's one thing that we always talk about too as a coaching staff that familiarity breeds confidence and we take that with us with our practice plans um, from scheduling practice to our practice times they're consistent um, when we travel it's first class again consistency so the girls know what, what to expect you know there's no surprises um, that's one thing for sure um, that I would take with me. Um, so uh, the next thing I want to talk about is learning, growing the situations you're in, um, situations that you are in. Sometimes they won't go your way, um, but how you, what you take from it, that's all that matters. So it can be a positive thing or it can be a negative thing. Um, but as long as you take something that can, you know, help your future, help you get to where you want to be, um, that's what's most important. And then lastly is, don't forget that this game is supposed to be fun. Um, sometimes we take this game too serious, um, but this is a place where I know as a student athlete, I would come and have so much fun on the practice field, on the game field, and just making those memories with your teammates, with your coaches, um, that's everything. So I think sometimes um, when we step on that field, um, yeah, you want to take it seriously, but don't forget to have fun. So. That's my take on, um, on that. And yeah, so. Perfect. Kylie, thank you so much for joining. I, 
I love talking to you. We could talk forever. Yeah, we really um, could. Might have to bring you back sometime with a uh, with Richie and and kind of get you both on here so we can talk about that, you know coaching philosophies and things like that. Um, but thank you everyone for listening. You know we appreciate it. Uh, stay tuned for C- for episode three coming out next week. And as you know, strong women create strong women. Let's get it. Thank you for listening. If you want to support this podcast, follow us on Twitter at CTOCW. Another way to show your support is to tell your friends and subscribe wherever you like on your favorite podcast platform. Find your advantage through self-awareness and continue growing into the badass woman leader you are destined to be. We'll catch you in the next episode.